Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, June 6, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. And another big, grand show coming up for you tonight. Christian Arnold is back in the saddle after a little absence last week at RJ Daniels. But he is back. Big show coming up. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Christian Arnold, how are you? I'm doing well, Shawnee. It's a big show today, It actually. sure well, is. Well, not just obviously because of, of everything that's been going on on the ice, but it's a special Happy Birthday Sean edition of the Hockey happy Night in New York Happy Birthday show. Sean edition. <laughs> that's right. Hockey Night in New York does not take off <laughs> for, for my birthday. How old are you, 56? Yeah. Yes, 56. Nice. That's right. You nailed it. I am a very <laughs> young and spry 39. I can't effing believe it, but it's true. Well, happy almost 40th. Dude, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, one year to go until I'm I'm officially, like, really old. So, welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Obviously, a lot of exciting stuff to talk about here. We had a huge Islander win at home at the Collie, forcing at least one more game at the Coliseum that we will see on Wednesday, and hopefully at least three more after that. But want to start by thanking all of our wonderful sponsors, starting with the Great Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, Head on over for great food, great people, and great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. We also want to thank our sponsor, Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-780043. Free months of service. And, of course, we are sponsored by Manscaped, the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers <laughs> Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for everywhere you want to get rid of hair. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with promo code HockeyNightNY at Manscaped.com. And with those pleasantries out of the way, we have four games played in this series since we did a little pregame show at RJ Daniels. And it's 2-2, just like we started with Pittsburgh last time. So now it's a best of three. What do you say, CA? Well, it's certainly been a very entertaining series. Game four, probably the most physical and grueling, I'd say, of the four games for the Islanders. and Maybe their best game of the playoffs so far. You really saw them play their style of hockey, and, and obviously there's a lot to talk about with everything that's gone on in this series between the Islanders and the Bruins. But certainly the Islanders are not, not playing bad hockey right now, and that's a good thing. Absolutely not, and I believe I forgot to mention at the top of the show that Chris King, Islander Radio Voice, is going to be joining us a little later, so obviously need to mention that because that's happening at about 15 minutes. But yeah, I would say the Islanders are looking pretty good, and, and we talked about this uh, before we went live, kind of a little comparison between the Penguin series and the, and the Bruins series now, and even though we're getting similar results as far as the games won, 2-2, two to two, I actually think the Islanders are performing better in this series against the Bruins than they did against the Penguins. How do you feel about that? Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> agree with that because okay. I feel like the formula of the series has been somewhat similar. 
um, you know, the overtime win in, in game, um, you know, for the for the Islanders in the first game against well, it was against Pittsburgh. They won in overtime, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they won. In, they won in overtime against mm-hmm. against Boston in game two. Correct. So, I, you know, I think those games were somewhat similar in how they how they played out. You know, obviously the games that they lost, the games they lost on the road in Pittsburgh and Boston, there was a somewhat similar disconnect with mm-hmm. how the Islanders needed to be playing and how they were playing mm-hmm. in those games. And then obviously what happened with the closeness of the third game in the series, where Matthew Barzell forces overtime and the Islanders lose in overtime in in game three in this series and um you know kind of the way they struggled in game three of the la- of the last series and then that, how they've basically again played one of their best games of the series in the fourth game yeah uh, to kind of round out and, and even things back yeah. up in the series so i don't i don't necessarily know if i agree with i don't necessarily know if i agree with the idea that it's been that different um i think the i think the style of play has been very different yes. because it's been a much much more physical series between the islanders and bruins than it was against the pittsburgh penguins and that goes to the fact that these teams are, are both two teams that play a very similar style. Islanders and Penguins play a similar style as well, but um, you know this is a style of hockey that the Islanders and, and Bruins. I mean, that's their identity. That's their bread and butter. Um, you know, they have a, a core group there that plays a very physical, you know, style of hockey, and, and certainly um, they know how to push people around. And the Islanders obviously have their guys that know how to do that too. And you're you're seeing that in that series, and then you're seeing the skilled guys get some of those opportunities, but this is really coming down to a battle of goaltenders. Maybe that's the biggest difference in this series mm. um, because Chris, uh, Tristan Jari last series was knocked off his game and the Islanders mm-hmm. frazzled him, and you could tell he was shook, especially in those last couple games of the series. Nice job by the fans, too, in that series, not for nothing. A hundred percent. He just wasn't used to that atmosphere. Yeah. Tuka Rask could care less. Um, you know, he's not paying any mind to... You know the noise and the and the fans in the, in the Nassau Coliseum. Um, mm-hmm. You know I, he's not going to get frazzled by people taunting him in the first period of a game or the second period. He's he's laser focused, and you've seen that night in and night out when he's been in the net, and that's mm-hmm. been the biggest difference because the Islanders are getting having to get those goals that are a little more fluky if they're going to win games. Um, I mean that's just the difference. Tristan Jar, you were you were putting the puck on net, and you know he was he was rattled, so they were going mm-hmm. getting by him. Tuka Rask, it's it's he's not he's not shakable. Yeah, no, there's definitely some some stark contrast between these two series, but I just thought that overall, I felt watching the Penguins series, it was more like the Islanders biding their time for opportunities where the Penguins carried the play a little bit more. Mm. I feel like it was more, you know, tipped towards the Penn scale as far as, as just contr- literally controlling the puck, where I feel like it's been more balanced here against the Bruins, and I feel like in that regard, the Islanders have performed better. I don't know if I'd agree with that either. I think to. there was long stretches in that first game, especially where the Islanders were being um, outplayed, and, the, and most of the play was in their own end. So I don't, I, I don't see that either. I think that mm-hmm. the, the the games where they haven't won, they've looked like the Islanders we saw in that first round series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, where they were chasing the play, they were getting hemmed in, hemmed in their own zone, they were not making smart passes, they you know they were making these little mistakes that were going to cost them, and. In this series, you're seeing a somewhat similar thing, and then when they're on their game, they're matching Boston's intensity. You're, they're matching, um, they're they're matching their play, they're matching their skill, and they're matching their their physicality. Yeah, and speaking of matching, I was watching Barry Trotz's uh, recent press conferences, both after after the last game and also um, today's press conference, and he was asked a lot about literally line matching mm-hmm. and, and how you know he's been going for that Pajot matchup against Boston's first line at home. And, you know, he hasn't been able to do uh, as much of that 
on the road with obviously Boston getting the last change. I mean, have you have you taken a look at that? I mean, what are you seeing out of Pajot's line and how well they've been doing against Bergeron? Well, they're they're matching up well, and yeah. it, it's funny that was one of the things we talked about even before this series in the fir- before the first round series was where does home ice come into play in here? And and one of the things, biggest things to to your credit was that you noted the line changes and the matchups, and that's really played a factor because on the Nassau Coliseum ice at home. The Islanders have been able to get the matchups that they really wanted, and that Pajot line matchup against that Perfection line has, um, you know, worked well. No, I, I have to say, and, and not for nothing, but when I did the show with Tony at RJ's last week, I said Pajot was going to be the X factor for this series, and I think he's been a big part of it. And you know, they're going to have to continue to perform to keep shutting that line down, uh, much like they did, uh, you know, over the last couple games, and. And also, you know, just the face-off prowess that Bergeron has, and Pajot's been able to go toe-to-toe with him there, and it's been huge. Oh, 100%. And that, that is the interesting thing. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Boston uh, definitely has some guys that know how to take face-offs. And um, it, it's funny, you notice that when uh, it's Bergeron, um, I believe it's Bergeron who's the one uh, who, who's been stellar in the face-off circle when the Bruins are winning. But when the Islanders are able to, to, to keep him to about 30-something percent, I think that was what it was when they won uh, game two in, in Boston or something like that, mm-hmm. it was a noticeable difference of what that line was able to do. And I think that's kind of a direct correlation to the matchups that, the, that Barry Trotz is, is trying to get out there mm-hmm. uh, and to kind of go, go, go up against when they're, when they're out there on the ice. Yeah, and it just shows you how important that face-offs are, you know? I mean, especially on special teams, too. I mean, if you got the power play and you lose that opening draw, that's 20 seconds off your, yeah. off your power play right there because it's going down the other end of the ice unless you get lucky. You know, so it's yeah. it's huge. You look like you were about to say No, something. no, no. You're, you're. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, I mean, look, I, I, I'm glad we disagree because we can have a discussion about it, but I do think that the Islanders are performing better here against the Boston Bruins. I definitely think that they could have won game three at home. when that. Went, in fact, when they tied that game, I thought for sure they were going to win that game. When they went into overtime, I said, this is their game to win. And you look at the goal that, they, that Boston ends up scoring on. I mean, just an right. awful, awful goal to lose in the playoffs in overtime. I mean, nobody saw that coming. I was reading on um, The Athletic, I think it was Staple, who said it was like a less than 1%, 1% chance that a goal like that even goes in. And obviously it was a heartbreaker, but I thought the Islanders played well enough to win in Game 3. Not to say that they deserve a 3-1 to one series lead right now. It's been that tight. It's been an even series. I think the Islanders have matched up pretty well against Boston this series. And, and maybe, you know, as, as I noticed that Joe McGrath once said, the Islanders have raised their, raised their game in the series. They look better. And one person in particular who's looked a lot better, Matt Barzell. Absolutely. Uh, just to go back to that point for, for one sure. minute, the hockey gods kind of got the Islanders back the next night in game four when 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 Pasternak hits the the yeah. iron on what yeah. is a, a goal that you or I could have hit easily, uh, and neither one of us is a professional ice hockey player. No, so we're not. I, I think that was kind of the, um, you know, whether you you know kind of jokingly believe in that or not, that certainly mm-hmm. kind of... S- seemed to swing the momentum, so to speak, there in that game. You kind of felt like that was that was a sign of what was to come for or for that game in Game 4. But Perhaps. Matthew Barzal certainly has turned it on the last couple of games, especially Games 3 and Game 4 may have been the best two games of the playoffs that he's had. Um, and you're really seeing the confidence there, and you're really seeing the um, that offensive production that you expect out of your best player on the ice, your most offensively skilled player on the ice. And that's been, that is Matthew Barzal. Uh, even when he's not putting up points, he's still the 
most talented player on that roster in form of sure. just pure goal scorer. And that's what you need to see out of him for, to step up in those big moments, to have the tying goal in game three, to have the game-winning goal in game four. Those are huge moments. And I know he tried to play it, downplay it a little bit last night when mm-hmm. it was, or, or Saturday night mm-hmm. when he was asked about it a couple times and that his focus was on just playing a smart, good hockey. And I think that's a good thing too. But, you know, I'm sure there's a part of him that w- was really kind of relieved to see that those goals starting to go in yeah. because – He's been playing with more confidence. He's not as afraid. Mm-hmm. He still passes up on shots that I think people that drive people crazy. Sure. But you're seeing him shoot the puck a little bit more, which is something that we hadn't seen for a while now, really. Yeah, and not only the goals, but the work that he did on Paul Mary's tying goal last night was oh, fantastic. Away, away from the puck, he's been great too, and and that is something that Barry Trotz has talked a lot about during the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that's been he's not putting up points. Maybe he's not you know not scoring as much as or shooting as much as people like, mm-hmm. but he's not he's not costing the team goals. He's playing well in his own end, and and he's going to be rewarded. And everyone kind of used that phrase, he, you know, he was going to be rewarded. And that's what kind of happened this, this this game, these last two games there. I'm with you there, Christian. And with that, folks, we got a break because Chris King of the Islanders Radio Network is going to join us. want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. We'll be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800, that's 516-856-7800, or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com, that's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. The only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. 
Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. This is Christian Arnold alongside Sean Cuthbert as always. Special happy birthday, Sean, edition of the show celebrating his 39th birthday, of course. And, of course, now is time for one of our favorite segments on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And with us on the line is the voice of the New York Islanders, the radio voice of the New York Islanders, and a man who's already up in Boston getting set for Game 5 tomorrow night at TD Garden. That's, of course, Chris King. What's going on, Kinger? How are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you guys? And a happy birthday, Sean. Thank you very much, Chris. Much appreciated. Yes, we're doing well down here. Obviously, a lot of excitement with the last couple games. And um, we were just talking about Matt Barzal, who's really turned on in games three and game four. And I want to start there since that's what we were just talking about before. What have you seen out of Barzi's performance, the la- this series overall, and the last couple games where the confidence really seems to be sky high for him? Yeah, certainly, you know, night and day difference the first two games and the last two games, right? He didn't have a lot going the first two and didn't have a lot in the Penguin series, to be honest. But uh, the last two games, you know, I don't know if you can do more than he's done in the last two games. Uh, You know, you go back to game three, he scores the game-tying goal late in the third uh, to get it to overtime. And then obviously in game four, you know, he sets up the game-tying goal and scores the game-winning goal. So, um, you know, just tremendous. He's really, uh, you know, come around. He's shooting the puck a lot more. He's being more physical, too. I mean... You go back to yesterday at the Coliseum, obviously he had that high stick on Lazar. He had that war uh, with the cross-checks with Krejci, who eventually got him between the legs there with the spear. Um, But he's just being involved physically, and I I like to see that part of his game too. But obviously, you know, I I talked a lot about him through the first eight games of the playoffs where he he didn't have a single goal. So, um, you know, the playoffs are always the time where your best player has to be your best player. And at that point, he wasn't. But you know what? The last two games, he absolutely has been their best player. No doubt about it, Chris. And you almost can't talk about Matt Barzell in the first line without mentioning Leo Komarov because he's been a very big topic ever since he's kind of taken over that spot. But I do want to get your opinion on how he's played so far in this series against the Bruins. I think he's, you know, for his skill set, he's handled himself very well. Yeah, and I think it gets lost sometimes when you don't see him on the score sheet, Sean. But, you know, the the winning goal by Barzell, the perfect example of that is Uncle Leo threw the hit that caused the turnover or the whole sequence doesn't happen. But, you know, you don't wind it back that far sometimes. Obviously, (laughs) they only give out a pair. But I I still think, you know, his physical play opens things up for for Barzell and Everly to do their thing. And, And obviously, he can be ferocious on the back check. He's so great on the walls. He's done a good job in front of the net. He can be an agitator. Um, you know, and as Barry Trotz has said, he's not, you know, if you were to say, is he the perfect left wing for your first line? Certainly not. And, and the numbers wouldn't show that. But there's some little intangible there that seems to work. And when it gets going like it has the last two, it, it's tough to top. I feel like you can't really have a conversation about Matt Barzal, Leo Komarov in the top line without now mentioning Kyle Palmieri, who no, I obviously, well, no, no, because at this point, Kyle Palmieri has kind of become someone that fans were clamoring to see him in the line, in that, on that line with, with Eberle and, and Barzal. And now again, sort of the sex, success that he's had uh, out there when he's been on the, on the ice with Barzal and, and Eberle, it, it it kind of raises the question why Barry Trotz hasn't put them out there more. Um, and I was curious what your thought was about that. Obviously, Barry, you know, had, had said what he said last night after he was asked about it. But I'm curious your take on it, Kinger. Yeah, I love this take last night. <laughs> and Andrew Gross of Newsday Question and Barry said, look, you can play fantasy hockey all you want uh, with your combinations. But, you know, this is what we're going with. And, you know, Christian, I've talked about this a lot on the air. It still does boggle the mind that. Kyle Palmieri has now played 27 games for the Islanders between the regular season and the playoffs and has not played a single full game on that top line 
with Barzell and Everly. And when the deal was made, obviously everyone thought, okay, you're bringing in Kyle Palmieri to try to fill that Anders Lee spot when the captain went down with that season-ending knee injury in mid-March. But for some reason, Barry tried other guys there. Remember, Kiefer Bellows was the guy that began there. You know, It's so long ago that that's the name that you go back to, and he actually scored a couple of goals in his first two games on that line. But he's tried just about everybody there, and Leo seems to be the right fit. Um, coming off special teams, though, the last two games, right? It's Palmieri setting up Barzell. It's Barzell setting up Palmieri. It certainly looks good, so you may say, why don't you stay with it? But I think when Barry looks at the overall numbers, too, especially now that you finally get Barzell going, it's taken, you know, 10 playoff games to get him to where he is. And, oh, by the way, Kyle Palmieri has five goals. That leads the Islanders in the playoffs. And his center, J.G. Pajot, has 10 points, and that leads the Islanders, too. So do you really want to mess with that, mm. especially – also, the fact that that line, the Pajot line with Zajac on the other side, has been the best the last two games against the Bergeron line, which obviously was on fire to open the series, but has been very quiet the last two games. So I think because of you know what the Pajot line has done defensively with Palmieri playing on that line and the fact that the Barzell line is now going, Barry's not going to change it, at least not anytime soon that I can see. <laughs> yeah, Chris, and you know, I was going to say, isn't he kind of in a way filling Andrews Lee's role, not physically on that line, but the output output wise. I mean, this is why they brought him in to put goals on the board. And he's doing that even in a quote unquote third line role. Yeah, that's a great point, right? He's your leading goal scorer. And, and you know what? Credit to Kyle Palmieri and credit to Barry Trotz for, for, for kind of seeing that this could happen. If you guys remember when the regular season ended, there was that break before the playoffs started and, and Kyle had only scored twice in the 17 games since he came over in the trade deadline and so much more was expected of him. And Barry Trott said, look, you guys have to understand that the playoffs are a clean slate. You wipe away anything you did in the regular season, and you can make a name for yourself in the postseason. And what has Palmieri done? Five goals in ten games. I mean, you know, a goal every other game. He's been terrific. He, he's brought that grit that we saw all those years over in New Jersey and at the start of his career in Anaheim. And he's scoring huge goals, not just any goals, huge goals. Obviously, the, the overtime winner in game one in Pittsburgh to get that series off on a right foot as well at a two-goal game in that one for him. So I think, you know, the Kyle Palmieri that they dealt for is now the Kyle Palmieri that we're seeing game in and game out. This is Hockey Night in New York, and this is On the Line, brought to you, of course, by our friends over at Tide Technology. And, and, and Kinger, one of the other big storylines with this series now has become goaltending. Obviously, it was going to be a, a big storyline before the series started. Now it's really become the difference maker between the battle between, I should say, Semyon Varlamov and, and Tuka Rask. And what is it about Tuka Rask that really makes him different than Tristan Jari that the Islanders saw in the first round? Um, aside, I mean, it, it seems like there's a very, a very noticeable difference. But in your mind, is there anything that's a little more subtle that people don't notice that make him such a, a such a difference than Jari? I think just the calmness and the veteran presence, uh, Christian. And again, the best way to describe that is look what the Coliseum crowd did to Tristan Jari, right? Here's a kid who, you know, coming into the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think he had one game of playoff experience last year in the bubble, the game they got eliminated in, and that was it for Pittsburgh. And the Coliseum crowd just rattled him and rattled him, especially so much in that last game. Uh, it was very noticeable. Whereas, you know, the Coliseum crowd has tried their best to get on Tuca, but you're talking about a guy that's in his 14th year. He's mm -hmm. won a Stanley Cup. He's won a Vezina Trophy. He's not about to get rattled by the Coliseum crowd. And just his calmness, just the way he goes about his business, nothing seems to, to rattle him whatsoever. Um, and, and, you know, he's been tremendous. You know, he and Semyon Varlamov have gone toe-to-toe -to -toe here since Varley's kind of taking the foothold in this series the same way Sorokin did in the Pittsburgh series. And it's been fun to watch. It's been these, you know, for the most part, low-scoring games and, and uh, 
And it's it, it's interesting to, to see the battle at both ends of the ice because Varley can be that that same kind of way too. You know, quiet, square to the puck, uh, conservation of movement, uh, just you know, just getting the job done, playing his angles so well. So they they both can put on a clinic at times and, and make big saves when you need them to. Like certainly Varley did yesterday, and then Tukarask. I go back to that chance in the opening period where Anthony Beauvillier cut across the top of the crease. It looked like he was going to have an easy goal, and, you know, Tuca makes the big stop. So, obviously, Rask has been there. The Bruins have had so many of these great playoff runs. You know, he led them to within a win of the Stanley Cup two seasons ago when they lost Game 7 on home ice to the Blues. For sure, Chris. And just to kind of keep on that um, comparison between the Penguin series and the Boston series now, Chris and I were talking a little bit about it beforehand. And what what do you see from this series uh, with the Islanders versus the Bruins in comparison? Maybe just like the tenor of the series by comparison, what, you know, how is it different, more physical? Um, what sort of game are you seeing out of these two teams compared to what you saw in the first round? Yeah, much more physical, Sean, much more. I mean, uh, when we went into the Penguin series, you know, breaking it down, it really was, okay, here's this high-flying offensive team that thrives on the power play in the Penguins versus this physical defensive team that has been great on the penalty kill in the Islanders. So it really was, you know, kind of opposite styles. And this series, you know, we've talked about this all throughout the season series that sometimes it looks like, you know, these teams playing each other are one team looking in the mirror mm. and seeing the other because they play so similar in style. Obviously, the glaring difference, if you just break it down, you know, from the top is the Islanders do not have a perfection line like the Bruins do. So right. uh, that's the one huge difference in that, you know, the Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand line. Islanders don't have anything that can compete with that. But the Islanders, I think, have more depth in lines two through four than the Bruins do. The Islanders, I might have a little bit of an edge as well on defense overall. Uh, goaltending is pretty much split down the middle. But, uh, yeah, just a much more physical series. I mean, I think NBC gave the number yesterday, it was like 268 hits or something in the first game. <laughs> it's quite a few. Something crazy. <laughs> like that. So, uh, so, yeah, it's just been way more physical. And, and, you know, we saw the gloves drop yesterday, a couple of fights in that first period, the chippiness. Obviously, now we've got another fine that's been thrown in. So you've had two Bruins, you know, the maximum $5,000 for things they did to Islanders. It's just been a war. It's been an absolute war. And the last two games, especially at the Coliseum, that's what playoff hockey is all about. In particular, yesterday, that was such an amazing, amazing environment. And, you know, Barry Trott said, look, if I wasn't coaching this game, I'd be glued to my couch. <laughs> it too. It's just that good. For sure. For sure. And, and Chris, I'm actually going to throw a, a viewer question at you. Joe underscore McGrath one wants to know if and when Wallstrom is ready to go, does he have any chance of cracking the lineup with how well zajac has been playing? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, you can look at the things that Barry Trotz has said recently and kind of say I'm leaning towards no, even though he did say, you know, how much they miss Wallstrom's shot, which they do mm. on that one power play unit. And even Barry talked about his size. But the one thing he said early on uh, when asked, you know, should a player lose his job due to injury? Barry said that depends on the player. And, and I thought he made a good point in saying that if it's a young player, he wouldn't have a problem with replacing him with a veteran player, whereas if it was a veteran player, you don't want to see a veteran player lose their job because they've earned that right. Now, again, mm -hmm. Wallstrom's had a terrific rookie season. Um, there are elements of his game that, that certainly the Islanders missed, but I've also seen you know, the best of Travis Zajac of late. You know, We've talked so much Pajot and Palmieri, and rightly so, when they're leading the team in points and goals in the playoffs. But I think you know, Travis Zajac has come around really nicely on that third line as the complement on the right side. And right now, I don't think you would take out Travis Zajac uh, for Oliver Wallstrom at this point in time. Uh, I know Barry said that he believed that Wally was going to be here in Boston with the team, but uh, Barry already said he's leaning towards going with the same lineup for Game 5 tomorrow night. 
Kinger, I'm curious, obviously, with now Game 5, we're on the eve of Game 5 here, and, and the Islanders, the opportunity to take a 3-2 series lead uh, go, uh, going into tomorrow night. What do you think is going to be the biggest X factor for the Islanders to get a W in Boston tomorrow uh, against the Bruins? It's just so tough to say, Christian. You know, uh, you look at how even this series has been. All four games have been tied in the third period at one point. I mean, it's just that that's how close it's been, right? Two yeah. of them. Decided in overtime, and even you know the five-two game for the Bruins in Game One was a one-goal game with four and a half minutes to go. The four-one game for the Islanders was a tie game in the third and a one-goal game late before two empty netters. Right, so you can look at the scores and think maybe you know oh five-two four-one it hasn't been that close. No, all four games have been tied in the third period before somebody found a way to win. So I think the biggest key for the Islanders, and Barry kind of touched on this today. He was asked about the fact of not having last change at TD Garden. Because certainly Bruce Cassidy has, you know, tried to at those Coliseum games get his top line away from the Pajot line, and in Boston it seemed more like, uh, you know, the Brock Nelson line got a lot of the work against the the perfection line, which thrived in those two games here in Massachusetts. So, you know, can Barry get that change on the fly? Will he chase that change? Does he not want to get caught up in that? Because clearly, Pajot line, the Pajot line has been better defensively against the perfection line. Than Nelson's line has been for sure, and and Chris, are there any unsung heroes perhaps in the Islanders lineup who maybe aren't getting as much fanfare as some of these guys like you're mentioning, whether it's Pajot, Palmieri, uh, Brock Nelson, anybody who's just getting the job done maybe a little more quietly that's that's helped get these uh, these Islanders through these first uh, what four games of the of the second round. Yeah, I think Sean, one guy that's really stepped up is Scotty Mayfield. I mean, you look at yesterday as like a perfect example, right? He's not afraid to drop the gloves. I know it's Taylor Hall. <laughs> in a decade but you know he's willing to engage and obviously picks up the big assist on just getting the shot through as you know Barry talked about those layers out high sometimes it's not easy to to get your shot through the the forward out high that's trying to block it but he found a way to get it through uh, I think he's been really good defensively he's been physical in front of the net uh, when he's had that matchup against the Bergeron line he, he hasn't you know uh, done poorly in it I, I think you know he's played well and he understands his role that when you're playing with a guy like Nick Letty who's one of the elite skaters in the National Hockey League and a puck rusher, too. You want to be that stay-at-home guy, but yet he's not afraid to chip in with offense, as we saw yesterday. So, um, you know, he was two-thirds of the way to the Gordie Howe hat trick with the assist and the fight. Uh, just missed the goal yesterday. But uh, I like Scott Mayfield's play, and, and I think quietly, you know, he's gotten the job done. Talking with Chris King, voice the radio voice of the New York Islanders here on the line, brought to you by our friends at Thai Technology. Kinger, we've been doing something a little different the last couple of weeks with all our guests that we've had on so far, and I hope you will indulge me with this. But we've been we've been doing a, a random question at the end of every uh, every interview, and so prepare <laughs> yourself. So we've been we, we, uh, Brian Compton got asked because he's a notorious fan of Kiss. He got asked what his favorite Kiss song was. Molly Walker, who's a notorious fan of chicken chicken fingers, got asked what her favorite press box meal was very important stuff um so for you kinger i I was curious because things are getting back to normal and you're you're back in the booth now and you're back on the road after calling games for so long i I was curious the random question for you is what what is the biggest thing that you didn't think you'd miss as much as you did being away from the booth whether it was on the road or at at home at the nassau coliseum that you kind of took for granted pre-pandemic and then really realized how much you missed it post-pandemic yeah I, I don't know if i would say i didn't realize maybe didn't realize <laughs> to the extent i would say uh christian is just the energy in the building i mean we all know what the coliseum is but 
I think it's just because of the, the, the drastic extremes of the bubble playoffs of a year ago. You have to realize, again, the Islanders played 22 playoff games, the most in franchise history, in a single year. And I did every one of those from the WRHU studios at Hofstra University where I'm watching on two television screens. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting in a quiet studio. Greg and I are. We have two TV screens. You know, we, tr- we try to do our best to convey the excitement. And, boy, there were some exciting wins in there. But the, the atmosphere for these four games, and not just the Coliseum. Obviously, everybody knows what the Coliseum has been and will continue to be in this series. But I have to tell you, TD Garden, the first two games, you got to remember, they were at 4,000 prior to this series. They were at 25% prior to this series. That first game in that building, uh, 17,400, nearly full, only 450 yeah. uh, top-12 seats. It, it was incredibly loud. And again, I had to like almost yell to hear myself over the crowd. Same thing they brought in game two. And then the Coliseum goes from 9,000 and that clincher over the Penguins. You didn't think it could possibly be any louder. And it's 12,000 the last two. And it finds another level. So, I mean, I knew I, I had missed it, but I don't think I did, Christian, to the extent that uh, I did when you're in that you know, you're inside that building again and you feel the energy and you feel the emotion and you can't even hear yourself at times. I'm almost yelling to hear myself over the crowd. It, it just it, it brings a certain energy to my, you know, to my play by play that, you know, certainly wasn't there sitting in an empty studio as much as I wanted it to be. So, uh, you know, I cannot wait for the next two games again, just knowing what TD Garden is going to be like tomorrow. And the fact that we now know Wednesday night there will be another one at the Coliseum. And if the series continues like this. Do we have a game seven? It like <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I don't think my heart's going to be able to take that. Awesome, right? yeah. Well, Chris, speaking of energy, I've been listening to your calls after the games, after either being there or watching them, and they've been fantastic. Keep it up. <laughs> I love it. I know that the Islander fans love it. Everybody's talking about it. It's fantastic stuff. So keep it up. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight, and I uh, hope to have you back soon, all right? All right. Thanks for having me, guys. And again, happy birthday, Sean. Thanks a lot, Chris. Take care. All right, folks, that was the great Chris King. Radio voice of the New York Islanders. That's right. Always a fantastic spot. Joining us on the line. Brought to you by Thai Technology. So, Christian, nice No, I didn't get your birthday cake. Oh, I thought you were asking if you did something special for your birthday. No, I got nothing for you. Why not, man? No, nothing. That's messed up. That's messed up, guys. But That's messed up. You know what? Let me tell you why I didn't get you. Oh, you have an explanation. Let me tell you why I didn't get you something for your birthday. Because you're aging. Uh, oh, you're aging and as we all do. Yes, you're getting a little gray here. You're getting a little Not gray really. I don't here. Know. I don't know about uh, that. You can see it a little bit. Uh huh. Okay. But where you want to make sure, where I'm sure there's a little gray, uh-huh. but you want to make sure you you take care of it a little bit. Right. Sure. Is down there. If you get what I mean. Down there. Down there. I think I know what you're talking about. Tell me more. So because I didn't get I didn't get you something because our good friends at Manscaped <laughs> had already taken care of that, Sean. <laughs> Uh, Obviously, they sent us their new lawnmower 4.0, yes, and I know did. you've been enjoying it. I know I've been enjoying yeah, it. And, yeah, it's the job done. It's a. It was an early birthday present, really, and that's why hmm. I felt like I didn't have to get 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 one for you because so, there were just so many benefits to it, such as well, the Manscaped <laughs> lawnmower 4.0 engineered the engineering the ultimate groom, groin and body trimmer by focusing in, on intelligent. Sorry, I'm trying to read this off my phone. You can do it. Functionality and incredible comfort, comfortable grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology. And let me tell you. Tell me. 
you're getting older, Sean. You don't want accidents <laughs> down there. I'm just, I'm just going to keep pointing it out. Yeah. Um, and they have come up with a way to make sure that you are safe down there. The upgraded trimmer also includes a multifunctioning on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. So if you're on the go, like let's say Chris King traveling up to Boston right. or myself traveling up to Boston sure. for game four, mm. game one, whatever yeah. it may be, or mm-hmm. we were traveling up to Boston just to – Get a little loose and enjoy game five. You know, sure. whatever you got to do. Get a little loose. You got to get whatever you do. So, <laughs> and they also have a LED spotlight <laughs> so you can trim in the dark. You can trim in the dark. And, and, and it's got wireless charging too. Of course. And yeah. if you use the code uh, Hockey Night NY and you go at manscaped.com, go to manscaped.com, use the code Hockey Night NY, you get 20% off Anything and there. free shipping. So that's, yeah, 20% off. Not just the lawnmower. Free shipping on any product. That's right. All in your entire purchase. That's right. Christian, smashing job. I know. Great job on the Manscaped. So there you go, folks. 20% off plus free shipping with promo code Hockey Night NY at manscaped.com. You can get the lawnmower 4.0 and plenty of other stuff. Check out the website. It's all great stuff. The comments, by the way, in the <laughs> chat are phenomenal. It's hilarious. TMI, ew, uh, oh, hand slap to the face. We've great done stuff. our job. This is, look, we are shameless here yeah. at Hockey Night in New York, and we're fine with plugging yeah. Manscaped's wonderful products. So thanks for indulging yes. us, everyone. And Christian, what I was about to say before you <laughs> very brilliantly segged into, into the Manscaped spot was a nice job with the random question with Chris. Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. I, I feel like it's become a fun thing, and we've, we've gotten some really good questions. Compton was very easy because it's the, <laughs> yes. you know, we know we can always pick on him with, with Kiss. And, yes. Um, Molly's very easy because we know we can pick on her for chicken fingers. Right. So it makes it very easy. But Kinger was a little bit more of a challenge. And, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a job well done. I, I didn't thought know it was a fun question. You did a, you did a good job. You did. But let's, let's bring it back to the Islander talk here. Who else did we ask that, that too? Did we do anyone else besides those two? I believe we did. It's just not coming to me. Uh, yes. Yes, Joe. Oh, Pantorno. That's right. Joe and his wife's, uh, him plugging Cutie his wife. something. Yeah. Oh, my, I lost it when he told us the name of, yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. But anyway. His wife's, uh. I forget. His, yeah. She's a chef, and yes. she does, like, private cooking Correct. tutorials and stuff. Well, let's reel it back into the hockey talk before we lose everyone because they're right. all thinking about, you know, trimmers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's keep it off of there, you know, for the rest of the show. So, <laughs> well, speaking of which, I think oh, that's a great segue into what happened with Matt Barzal and kind of the, <laughs> the shock, I think, that everyone... Speaking of groins. ...had over the fact that David Krejci basically got... Two, a two-minute penalty for what I think clearly should have been a five-minute spearing penalty. Yeah, and there a was major. a discussion. And then they find him for, <laughs> for quote-unquote, a slash. You know, this has become a theme here through the playoffs, talking about the officiating and just how insanely inconsistent it's been. And they even powwowed over it. They said, well, hold on, let's well, talk about this. Well, because they reversed it. That was well, the right, crazy thing. But that's thing. what I'm saying. Like, they made the right call, then they're like, well, hold on a second. Let's let's think about this for a second. Yeah. I mean, how badly did they really did he really get him? <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> only two he, minutes worth. He looked like he But was you know what? Slap a $5,000 fine on him after the fact. It the, just... The inconsistency has been just maddening. It's been bad. And, and you know what I will say? Bruce, you know, Bruce Cassidy was complaining about the officiating last night after the game, I believe it was... Mm-hmm. Um, some really great coverage, by the way, if you're looking for the Boston perspective of things over at bostonhockeynow.com, the sister site to nyihockeynow.com, which I run. Um, Joe Haggerty and Jimmy Murphy doing a really tremendous job up there. Mm-hmm. And he was complaining. Bruce Cassidy was complaining about the the non-calls against Boston. And I will say, 
there, there's been a lot of non-calls both ways in this series. Yeah, there's been a lot absolutely. of calls that should have been called. You can make an argument against the Islanders and, and very easily make against a, an argument against the Bruins. So there's been some consistency in the lack of consistency in the calls. 100%. 100%. And then you'll see the refs make a call, and it's like, all right, well, you're calling this now. Why weren't you calling that 10 minutes ago? Yeah, or, or, or they'll call something just so... Hunky dunky. I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. You know, like just very ticky tacky, right? Yeah. And then two minutes later, they'll let go of something much more egregious. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. And it is interesting now. We're, we're two series in here for the Islanders, and both opposing coaches or organizations have have openly complained about the officiating. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think I think well, you look at the rest of the league, and you look at some of these other series, and there's been a pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. dissatisfaction, I guess you could say, with the way the officiating has gone. And I don't know whether that's because, you know, everyone's so used to playing each other and the refs are maybe letting a lot more go because of, of the the playoffs and the ferocity of the playoffs, considering the circumstances they're all occurring in, or whatever the case may be. But there certainly seems to be a pattern, and I'm, I'm sure the NHL has had to take notice of it, because if you're fining a guy $5,000, which is the maximum that the league can fine someone, thanks to the CBA, yeah. Some there was there's a disconnect that is being missed between what's happening between the on ice officials and the league office. Just like when Scotty Mayfield took like three cross checks to the back of his neck a couple of games ago, there was no call on the play, five thousand dollar fine or two thousand, whatever the hell it was. But the guy gets fined for it. So obviously, if there was some post game discipline for it, it's something that should have been called on the ice. It just doesn't right. make any sense. The puck wasn't there. I mean, literally just getting drilled in the back of the neck. I forget who it was that was doing. It. Was it Hall? No, it wasn't Hall. I forget who it was. Uh, yeah, I it wasn't too. Hall. Yeah, I somebody not memorable on the Bruins. <laughs> but, but the point is, it's to your point. Like it's just, I mean, look, it, we've said it before. It's a hard job. They're not always going to get it right. But, but I think as you said on a, on a previous episode, it just seems like they're a little more inconsistent than Jake DeBrusque. Jake DeBrusque. That's right. One of the guys that the Bruins drafted over Matt Barzell, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, nice job there. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's just frustrating to watch, especially when when you're a fan and you're invested. You know, I mean, it's just it's just tough to watch, and 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 I'm sure even you know just you covering the game because, you know, you want to see the game called as 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 evenly and consistent as possible so that the outcome is proper. Well, you just want to have an idea of what's going on. So when you say <laughs> well, like, so oh, that. this should be this should yeah. be this this X Y and Z, it's it's X Y and Z, and you don't look like a fool. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. the, again, the lack of consistency with the officiating has been a somewhat consistent. Issue with the with the NHL this this playoffs and specifically talking about the Islanders and whoever they're playing. Yeah, well, the Islanders, interestingly enough, haven't had much to say about it. Not to say that they probably don't have their gripes, but I feel like they haven't been open about it as much as as say Pittsburgh and and Boston is. And it's part of it's just gamesmanship too. I'll never forget if uh, Islander fans look back to two thousand two when Mike Milbury right. put on a whole show uh, right. going on about Brian McCabe with this can opener move. Uh, yeah, he, in the the, it's a very famous story. If you mm-hmm. ever, anyone's ever read Fish uh, Fish Sticks, the the book by Alan Hahn and Peter Boddy, they 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 was written about in there very vividly how after what was it after the first two games in Toronto, Mike Milbury famously brought in all the local beat writers into uh, yes. into the room with videotape yes. and pointed out all this stuff and and went through everything and 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 very famously the next broadcast or maybe it was two broadcasts after that game four that series. Uh, I believe it's on the ESPN broadcast. It's it, it, the announcers were pointing out how it was showmanship because it's not as though by the time the officials land in Long Island or land on Long Island mm-hmm. to to do that game, they're not picking up Newsday or the Post at that point or the Daily News and and reading all this. You know, they're 
going to the rink and they're you know it's, they're not reading this stuff it's not yeah. getting back to them especially in an age where there was no social media there was no um twitter or facebook or ways that they would see it almost instantaneously so mm-hmm. but to your point it is gamesmanship obviously not to that level mm-hmm. um right. but there is something to be said for if you're down or if you know a team is is getting a bit of momentum from the way a, a physical way that the game is being called mm-hmm. you're trying to Play a little bit of a game. Play a little bit of a mind game. No yeah. doubt about it. And and speaking of Joe, Joe underscore McGrath, one knocking it out of the park again here. They're having a great night tonight in the comments. Uh, he said that Barry Trotz was complaining a little bit about Bergeron cheating on the faceoffs, which is true. I, I mean, I don't that. even know if that was the case. I I, I don't know if any if Joe watched the the, the press conference, the full quote on all of that. But mm-hmm. Barry said that, and he kind of he kind of pointed out that everyone in the league does it. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily a, a shot at Bergeron mm. per se. I, I felt like he said it, and he kind of tried to to hone it back in a little because he wasn't trying to get it into that point. So I don't necessarily know if I agree with that because I do I do remember Barry Trotz talking about that. Okay. Well, thanks for clearing that up, man. Thanks, sir. Thanks for, mm. you know, adding your two cents. Great. So <laughs> I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Uh, almost always. Uh, no, that was that was true. Um, so moving on, <laughs> we talked about Barzell. We talked about Paul Mary. Uh, anybody else you want to highlight here? I think Chris made a pretty decent point how, you know, the, the, the lead – the leaders of, of the of the team so far has kind of shifted from line two, Brock Nelson's line from the first series now to line three, Pajot's line. And and it says something about the depth that Chris also pointed out on this team is that even when maybe one team isn't pulling its weight, as we noted very much so with the first line previously, mm-hmm. right. where they have these guys deep into the middle six, even the bottom six, that can start pulling on the rope and, and make things happen for this team. Yeah, yeah, I think one... Uh, there's, I, I also like that that Kinger pointed out Scott Mayfield's play. Uh, you know, my 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 sort of disclaimer anytime we talk about defenders is that they never get the credit they deserve when they're doing everything they should be. It's only when they're doing something really incredible or they're making a, con- a mistake that sure. causes something bad to happen. So Scott Mayfield has been very strong this series as well. Uh, I think really strong this playoffs. He's the he's the plus minus leader for the Islanders. He's playing smart hockey. He's exactly he's doing exactly what the Islanders need. Because obviously they have an Adam Pelk, they have a Ryan Pulak, who those guys are your number one defenders, and they're matching up against the best of the best. But you know, you need to know that you have, you know, the Scott Mayfields, the Nick Lettys, the Andy Greens, and the Noah Dobsons back there as your second and third pairing to go out there and step up when you need to need them to as well, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, and speaking of defensive especially, pairings, I'm sorry, Sean, but especially for Scott Mayfield, who has been um, sort of the punching bag for a, a longer part of the season. Whether it's been fair or not. Right. And I believe it was in today's press conference that Barry Trotz had. He was asked about yeah, I asked him. Pelican Pulley. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you sorry, you can't Mayfield. take credit for that one. No, that you did not. you did get the Mayfield question in there. That That's was, where I thought you were going question. with that. No, I was gonna completely ignore the fact that you were involved, actually, and move on <laughs> move on to Pelican Pulley. <laughs> so he was asked about those two gentlemen and just how their their responsibility and their roles have increased over the time that Trotz has been there. Yeah. Even even just talking about the fact that how he didn't feel that they were ready in the beginning, you know, his first year to to give them those heavy minutes. And right. but over time now that he's able to trust them, and I'm seeing also in the chat here a lot of praise for Adam Pellick yes. because he has been quite a beast in these playoffs. Even though, just like to your point, he's not necessarily the guy who's putting points on the board, doing something that most would consider spectacular. But it's more on the quiet end of things where he's just preventing things from happening right. on his end of the ice. They're playing smart, mm-hmm. defensive hockey. They're making the right plays. They're they're doing everything you need them to do, especially against a very talented, top-heavy team like Boston, who 
I mean, I shouldn't even say top heavy. They're heavy across all four lines. They'll, they'll hurt you on the first line, mm-hmm. the perfection line, and they'll hurt you on the fourth line. So you need those guys to be those guys. You need Ryan Pulock to be Ryan Pulock and Adam Pellick to be Adam Pellick. They now are very, I don't want to say they're very quickly, but people are noticing how good they are and how they're more one of the more underrated pairings in the NHL. For sure, for sure. And would you say that, you know, with all the, the praise we're kind of throwing on Scott Mayfield right now, would you say he's carrying that pairing right now with Nick Letty? Because Nick's, Nick's had his struggles a little bit here in the playoffs. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's tough to it, it's tough to say that one is carrying the other per se, but I, I tend to agree with you. I think Scott mm-hmm. Mayfield's probably been the better of the two defenders, not to say that Nick Letty has had a bad playoffs. Right. Um but yeah, he's, he's had some moments. Yes, yeah. yeah. You haven't seen that out of Mayfield. You're not seeing those moments. Where, in fairness, again, both of them had them during the regular season. I think yeah. that's where I remember a, lot a lot of, of the, people calling for Mayfield's head during the regular exactly, season. Exactly, a lot yeah. of the angst for, for, for Mayfield or about Mayfield, I should say, came mm-hmm. from there was some of those regular season mistakes that again kind of get blown up. And when you look at sort of the nitty gritty and the numbers, and you you kind of get past all of that, the superficial stuff, you, you see that Scott Mayfield didn't turn over the puck nearly as much as people wanted it to be it to be made out to be. But, again, he's had a good playoffs, very good playoffs. Nick Letty's played well enough. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree with you where Mayfield's been the better of the two on that pairing. Fair. Fair enough. And since we're talking about all the D, might as well just talk a little bit about Noah Dobson and Andy Green. What, what have you seen out of them? How do you like their game so far? And do you think Noah Dobson's kind of... I don't know. Has he found his game yet ever since he went, went down from COVID? We, uh, Tony and I talked about it a little bit last week, just about how ever since he came back from that little COVID break, it seemed like he wasn't, uh, you know, maybe the same player, whether it was confidence or just, you know, his performance overall. What have you seen out of those guys? I mean, Andy Green has been, he's been, again, very strong in the role that he's being put on put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it goes back to that that last season where the Islanders bring him in and, Maybe he doesn't play great right off the bat. You have the COVID break, and he really adjusts and steps up in the playoffs. And that's kind of where Andy Green has shined for the Islanders so far. And he's doing it again this this round, last round, and, and basically in the playoffs this year. Noah Dobson's looked better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't say I've really seen anything out of his game where I've been like, wow, that's pretty spectacular. I think mm-hmm. he's holding his own, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, um, I think there's been some moments where you kind of go, "What are you doing there?" Mm-hmm. Or he shows his age a little bit still, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know if it's been it's been anything as as dramatic or um, you know almost game changing, so to speak. That that could have been detrimental to the Islanders. Yeah, I feel like if anything, maybe when he's he gets on the power play every now and then, he looks a little hesitant to shoot. I think he he kind of he has a tell where you kind of know he's going to be passing it off. I don't see him putting it on the net a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, the interesting thing is again to, to, when you look at those the guys who are shooting the puck the most, it seems like it's Scott Mayfield from the blue line. That's right. Being the right. most offensive defenseman and the one that's putting the puck on the net the most. I mean, it was Mayfield's shot that led to the eventual uh, Matt Barzell goal there in the third period. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's sort of an interesting kind of well. It, well, it's there. funny that too is is that you're right. Mayfield has been getting a lot of shots off. But up until that one, and I guess you could still consider it a partial block, right? Because it ended up getting deflected mm-hmm. over right. to Barzell. But I used to, I used to always compliment Mayfield for for his ability to get it to the net. It seemed like whenever he lets one go from the point, it's finding its way towards the net. It's hitting, it's hitting the goalie. It's it's dropping in front. But up until that goal last night, I feel like he's had a lot of shots blocked from the point lately. Well, I think that's, a, I think that's everybody uh, mm-hmm. on, on that Islanders team because mm-hmm. unlike the first round series against the Penguins, the Islanders have been throwing the puck at the net, but they. Boston Bruins have been doing a good job of clogging the lanes and not letting get letting a lot of shots get through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, again, a, another difference between these two series. Obviously, 
Pittsburgh played a bit of a different role. Their game is much different than what the Boston Bruins is. I mean, Pittsburgh can still play a little bit physically, but mm-hmm. Kangaroo is right. You know, they're a much more flashy team with mm-hmm. much more speed, and you right. saw that. Yep. They don't necessarily block a ton of shots or, or blocked a ton of shots in that series last last round against the Islanders. This round, the Islanders are going for those same shots, and and the shot selection is either, either not great sometimes or mm-hmm. Boston's doing a very good job of clogging the lanes and not letting those shots get through because the Islanders are kind of trying to do similarly what they did in the first round, and they're not having as much success in the, from those shots from the outside and, and kind of getting them all the way through, which they had done against Pittsburgh in the first round. For sure, for sure. Well, Christian, how do you feel about going on the Hero of the Week now? I say let's do it. Let me try to say that again. Hero of the Week now. How do you feel about that? I feel like let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when you see this screen or hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, Half Price Hero, which this week is the B-Comp Q, our pal Brian Compton over at NHL.com, honored by the B-Comp Q. It comes with boneless ribs, barbecue sauce, pickles, and onions on a hero. Get it for half price all week, starting tomorrow, Monday Monday through Sunday, where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half-off the B-Comp Q. So, Christian, with that said, who's your hero of the week? Well, I think it's pretty pretty easy to guess who the hero of the week is for me anyway. And, of course, okay. that is Matthew Barzal. Hero from Game 4 got the Islanders to overtime in Game 3, and I realize we have to hit the button now, so hit the button I now, the button. and there you there, go. There and he is. Matthew Barzal. Yeah. Um, I think there's no question he's the hero of the week. The fact that he's turned on his game, he's playing with a lot of confidence, he's playing really well on both ends of the ice and he and he's shooting more than he had been before he's generating scoring chances and he's a presence every time he's on the ice and i think that's a huge a huge thing for the islanders especially if they hope to move on back to the conference finals or whatever you want to call the third round at this point are they calling it the final I don't conference know finals? it's the it final anymore. four i think now right it, it, the round before the cup final i don't know <laughs> or the round after round two whatever yeah. the case may be but yes <laughs> all good points and i happen to agree with them because matt barzell is also my hero of the week, and I can't really argue. I mean, look, there's some other guys who've been performing well. I think you can even, you know, give some hats off to Semyon Varlamov. Right. He's he's performed extremely well, and uh, he's looked good ever since he came in for Sorokin after Game One. And yeah, maybe there's some, he's he's still got that early goal itis going on, but I think that's more just chance. I think that's more just kind of coincidence than actually. Varlamov not getting his head into the game earlier, you know, just has some sort of issue with letting right. in early goals. <laughs> you know, I mean, the one that sticks out to me is the one where Nick Letty got walked by Charlie Coyle early in what was that, uh, game two or three? I forget which one it was. But 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 regardless, <laughs> regardless, I mean, I, I, I don't look at that goal and fault Varlamov and say, oh, yeah, the, here he goes again, giving right. up another early right. goal. So uh, I give an honorable mention to Varlamov. There's probably some other guys you can throw in there, but Matt Barzell is your unanimous hero. Hero of the week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero. Once again, the B Comp Q with boneless ribs, barbecue sauce, pickles, onions on a hero. So and it is delicious. It's quite nice. It's quite nice. Well, I mean, everybody knows he was a huge, huge fan of the uh, McRib. McRib. At McDonald's, which I don't think I've eaten at McDonald's in like 25 years or something like that. It's You're probably a better years. person for that. I'm still alive because of it. I think that <laughs> I think that has something to do with it. But uh, yeah, so so he got his he got his own little B comp Q over there. That's good stuff. I've had it. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. I think we were a little. Yeah. Wow, 
I think mm-hmm. we were one yeah. of the first people to have it, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. I think you you were the first. Yeah, I was on purpose. I think, yeah, you went out of your way to have that before even the man himself, Brian, exactly. had. That's pretty messed up, man. No, that's... So not surprising, but messed up. to do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's done because now. Because reasons. Because reasons. So I'm going to plug our pals at RJ Daniels right now. Christian, that's your cue to skim through the chat. Oh, okay. To see if we I got the audience questions. I have to hit a button or something. I was no, like, oh my God. I wouldn't put that kind of responsibility oh on God. it. No, no. You just have to look at a screen and read. And I think you're somewhat capable of that. So, folks want to remind everybody that RJ Daniels in Rockville Center is the place to watch Isles hockey this season, especially tomorrow, actually, because we've got another event going on there. We're not doing a pregame show, but Hockey Night in New York will be there, at least myself. Isles meetups will be there. Drive for Five will be there. A lot of Islander fans are going to be packing the place out. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to start at 6 o'clock because, for some reason, the NHL likes to start playoff games at 6.30. Very inconvenient for love everyone. It. Love 6.30. Hate it. Hate it, but it's happening. More so six thirty games. Make sure you come on down to Rock, uh, Rock, <laughs> R.J. Daniels in Rockville Center tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun, and there's always going to be specials. I'm going to rattle some off for you right now. Five dollars, sixteen ounce Barn Rocker arrows, fourteen dollar Bud Light pitchers, seventeen dollar domestic buckets, four dollar domestic bottles or pints, and there is always food specials as well. And I can't say enough about the staff over at R.J. Daniels. They do a fantastic job, whether it's Mikey, Tamara, Lizzie. They're all great people, all great stuff. They will take care of you. So come on down, have some fun with us, and let's get a Game 5 win from R.J. Daniels. So, Christian, I hope that was enough time and you were able to get some questions from our wonderful viewers here at twitch.tv slash hockey.ny. Is that true? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Bucket 10670 first said happy birthday again, Shawnee. So happy Thank birthday. Thank you again, very Shawnee. much. Much appreciated. Uh, he said it was, it was great seeing you at the non tailgate. Yes. No, it was not a tailgate. In no. your opinion, what mm. do we think the Islanders need to do in order to quote unquote steal tomorrow's game? Do you want me to take that, or you want to go first? You can go first. You want me to go yeah. first? Birthday boy goes first. Oh, that's birthday, nice. Thanks, birthday man. man. Birthday man? Yeah. Okay. Well, look, they definitely stole game five in the first round. There's no doubt about that. And that's all thanks to, or at least mostly thanks to Ilya Sorokin. He uh, played upside down. He was he was off his head. He played a fantastic game. And I would like to think, I hope that Semyon Varlamov isn't going to have to do that tomorrow. Uh, again, in my opinion, I think this has been a more balanced series. And you want to say steal the game? Sure, because it's going to be in Boston. It's going to be a ruckus crowd. And uh, as Barry Trotz has pointed out, he's not going to have the matchups. Right. And I think they're just, I mean, maybe this sounds lame, but they're just going to have to, you know, play their game and just play responsible defensive hockey and do their best at, you know, maybe bringing that Islander counterattack game that they've been able to be successful with, especially when you look at the per- the perfection line. I hate calling it that, by the way. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, look, they're just going to have to be able to clamp down on those guys and, you know, just bring it the other way. You know, I mean, look, it's it's we know how, how tough Boston is, not only offensively, but also physically. We know that Tuka Rask is an excellent goaltender. You talked about that before. He's not going to get rattled like Jari. And, look, every one of these games is going to be a battle, like Chris King said. I mean, they've all been tight, even though, you know, you see the 4-1 result last right. night after a couple empty netters. But they're just going to have to – look, this is this is how they're going to steal game five is because they have the experience now of going to a conference finals last year. These guys are no longer green when it comes to the playoffs. And, you know, they've, they've now – in two series in a row, they've gone down 2-1. to one, Right. And they've been able to bounce back and tie it at two. And they just – they don't get rattled anymore. 
they don't get rattled. They, they know what their job is. And I give Barry Trotz and the coaching staff a lot of credit for, for probably instilling that mindset in these guys is that they know it's literally just one game at a time. And I think they have just as good a chance as Boston to win tomorrow night's game, even though the game is in Boston. But, Christian, I'm going to let you take it now. No, I think you uh, you made some really solid points. I don't I don't even like to use the word steal. I don't know if I know if it's going to be that kind of game. I, right, I, I, like, I don't like think the, Boston's going to be running the table right. with tomorrow. I don't think that's a fair characterization of, of how the Islanders are going to play tomorrow. I think they have the energy. I think they have the momentum. And I think the biggest thing is that you just need you need Varlamov to a, a not give up the first goal in the first three minutes. <laughs> the first I think goal for the Islanders would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be a huge thing is to get on the board first because we we've obviously seen how well the Islanders play with the lead, mm. and then you need another game like you had out of Matthew Barzal, and you need again to find those matchups, and that's going to be tough because you you have the first change and. Unfortunately, you don't, you don't have the same advantage that you did at the Coliseum with, with seeing the matchups and making sure you have the guys you want out there. But, I, I, again, I think for the most part, these lines have shown, this, this group has shown that they can battle with the best of them when they're playing their style of game. And that's the most important thing is not playing on their heels and it's just playing their style right from the jump. Have the start they had in game four. That's right. the biggest thing. Yeah, and that's it's such a tight series, and it's really just going to come down to making the most of their opportunities. Right. Because unfortunately for you Islander fans out there, and myself included, yeah, we're all going to have a stroke watching these games until this series is over. I mean, <laughs> I remember watching, what was it, game two, I think it was, or, whichever one it was, at RJ, surprise, surprise. And I, I literally, you know what, it was during the overtime that, uh, that they ended up winning. And I was, I was shaking. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Like, I, like, cause it was that tense because the games have been so tight. Right. And that they can turn on any moment. I mean, look, look no further than, again, the Marshawn goal, right? I mean, you just get these random opportunities that, that you don't even think is going to be an opportunity. And then it comes up and they end up scoring a goal. And that's what this is going to come down to. It's going to be another tight game tomorrow. Yeah. And whichever team really just takes advantage of their opportunities, you know, stay disciplined, stay out of the box, and, you know, that's probably the team that's going to come out on top. Joey Pickles asking us, Joey Pickles 30 asking us, thoughts on Andy Green? And we did kind of address this. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Andy Green play for the, for the static he got all year? He's been looking pretty good. Well, again, seasoned veteran, right? Yeah. He's been there. He, he knows what these games are all about. And, you know, he comes from a very, you know, disciplined Devils, Devils franchise, and, you know, he's, he's been there, and he's been a captain. So, you know, he's just the sort of guy that you can have confidence in. I mean, look, he's obviously um, not not the ideal NHL age anymore. He's, right. I think he's like my age, actually. So, you know, I mean, look, you're not, you can't expect too much out of the guy now, but it's a decent counterbalance having, having Dobson as his, as his partner. You know, you got the youth there, a little more speed. And, you know, look, he's got a very simple job is literally just to keep it simple. Right. I mean, maybe the old man version of Scott Mayfield in the sense that, you know, he's more of a defensively. Yeah, more of a defensively inclined player. He's going to get out there. He's going to block shots and, you know, hopefully make a decent first pass out of the zone when they leave him. But I think he's been solid. I, I think I think the Islanders are getting exactly what they probably expected out of him when they when they acquired him, you know, given his age, given his abilities. And, and, and he's he's a veteran leader, too. And I'm sure he helps in the locker room as well. Uh, Trent, uh, um, Andy Green, by the way, is 38. So. Oh, so you're saying he's not my age? He's not your age. <laughs> yeah, he's probably like two two months younger than me or something like that. Actually, lucky I him. Don't you don't have to look it up. We don't have to waste time on that. No, no, it's his his birthday is October 30th. <laughs> okay, so yeah, a couple months. Uh, Joey Joe Joe McGrath. Uh, two questions actually. All right. Let's, uh, let's question one: Any idea where Charlie McAvoy is from? Long Beach. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, the joke was that it's, I guess it's been talked about a lot on the NBC broadcast. You've watched it more than I have, so I don't know. Or you've watched it, I haven't, so I don't know. I should have. I'm sorry, Joe. I should have got that one. My apologies. My apologies. Yeah, everybody likes pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. A little more than pointing out that Paul Mary's from Smithtown, which is a little disappointing. Why don't you talk about that guy? Yeah. Well, I mean, Charlie <laughs> McAvoy grew up in, in Long Island, played in uh, Long Beach Arena. Yeah. I, I mean, he's a, they got he's the a flag product. flying yeah, he's, over the store or whatever he's it a, is. Uh, his family's plumbing company. Right. Um, Boston uh, Bruins flag. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so I mean, I mean, but it's a story. Actually, Joe Joe Pantorno had this had a similar comment, like sarcastically about, and, and I said him straight as well. <laughs> and I, I said for for a national broadcast, which is going to go to more than just the diehard fans of the Bruins and the Islanders, that's a it's an interesting it's a story storyline. And yeah. if we're being honest, I, I'm sure there's a, a decent segment of the Boston Bruins population or fan base, I should say, that did not know that he was from Long Beach. Right. Right. So, well, there you have it. And then the connection to to the to obviously to Long Island and um, Nassau Coliseum and him being a Ranger fan and, and all this. So it's a good story. I, you know, I kind of kind of roll my eyes sometimes when people get annoyed by that. Yeah. Uh, oh, Joey McGrath also asking Joe McGrath also was asking if this game goes if this goes to Game Seven, which team feels more pressure? I would say the Boston Bruins, 100. percent Really? Yes, I think they feel more pressure because they've been expected to win this series. So, but again. Guys that have been there. Like, do you really think that, like, you know, Bergeron and Marchand are going to be, you know, shaking their boots because it's a game seven against the Islanders? <laughs> no, they've, they've, they've been there. They've, they've won cups. Like, but, but if you're going to say the pressure's on anybody, it's going to be on them because it, they're at home. Right. And they're going to be the team expected to win. So, as far as I'm concerned, I think that plays well into the Islanders' favor. Interesting. Interesting. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think, too, it goes into the fact that the Islanders really just don't seem to sense pressure, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you just look at their calm demeanor they're never say die attitude which you can read about nymi.hockeynow.com <laughs> um shameless plug yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep going yeah. um i mean these guys just don't seem to to be phased by the moment which which is a really incredible thing whether it's it's a good moment whether it's a bad moment there just seems to be the same demeanor there uh and that laser focus on just all right the next task at hand we have to focus on that um so i mean that's a huge thing especially in this 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 season, and as you mentioned, they're not the you know the young team that hasn't been to the playoffs before. This is a battle tested, you know, playoff experienced team now. With a, I think there's something like eleven or, or more guys on the roster that have, have played in forty five playoff games or more at this point in their careers. So yeah, these guys have been through it. They've been through the ups. They've been through the downs, and they know what that means and that know how to deal with it, whether it's good or bad. It's going to be, if it goes seven, it's going to be three very business-like hockey games. They, yeah. they, they know how to play in these games. The, the pressure's not there. Yeah, they'll feel, they'll feel the energy from the buildings and the, and the fans and stuff like that. But they know what they have to do. Maybe, maybe each team has a couple young guys here and there. But, yeah. for, but for the most part, it's just going to be business. And, yeah, again, if you want to put pressure on somebody, I would say it's, it's, it's probably Boston just because – Everybody picked them to win the series, as 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 you do. That's right, <laughs> as one does when you look at an Islander playoff series. Right, they weren't supposed to win the first round either. That so. is true. And speaking of teams not supposed to be winning playoff rounds this year, the Montreal Canadiens I'm seeing in the chat one went away from going to the Final Four. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's wild. How about the lo- the loafs, huh? Why don't we talk about that for a minute? The the the, who? the loafs, the I Maple don't... Loafs. Yeah, the Toronto team. I think. Uh... I know I'll, you I'll, hate it. You hate I'll it. I'll keep my mouth shut. You can you can talk about it if you want. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, it was it was another collapse of epic proportions that happened north of the border in um in Ontario. 
And that's a shame for, for the fans up there and everyone who supports that club because, you know, it's funny. I, I have a I have a couple buddies of mine on my on my men's league team. They're both from Toronto. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Diehard, diehard Leafs fans. And, you know, we love to have a back and forth, especially with, you know, the recent history right. between the two teams and stuff like that. And and one guy, he's a good buddy of mine. His, his name is Matt. And every year, every year, you know, you're, you're in the parking lot having, having, maybe having some parking lot beers after the game. And every year, this is our year. This is our year. Rattling off the <laughs> roster. We got Matthews. We got Tavares. Now we got this. This is our year. And and you know after after they lost the in the in the first round against the Habs, he, we got a little group chat going with the team. And uh, he says, "Guys, is there any room on the Islander bandwagon?" <laughs> He's finally had enough. He's finally had enough. And I think he was actually sincere <laughs> in that question. I think he's through wow. with it because they've just been miserable failures for a really long time. And. Such a shame that they've taken the torch from the Rangers of, of the longest That's right. Stanley Cup drought. 55 years now? 55 years. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a real shame. Real shame. I uh, will leave that one alone. <laughs> By the way, as it's been pointed out, the Montreal Canadiens are a game away from sleeping, or sweeping right. the Winnipeg Jets yes. out of the playoffs. Crazy. Advancing to whatever you want to call the final round before the Stanley Cup. Which final. would be against the Avs or the Knights. It's looking like it's going to be the Avs. Yeah. I mean, Colorado, the favorite to win the Cup this year. They've been playing very well I mean, all year. They've been steamrolling through the playoffs. And and I think if, well, whether it's the Jets or the Habs, but it looks like it might be the Habs, I can't imagine them just, I mean, Avalanche is going to crush them. Crush them if it gets that far. It certainly seems like it. And then, of course, in the uh, east side of things, you have the Tampa Bay-Carolina series, Tampa Bay leading that 3-1. to one. And if the Islanders make it out of this round, we'll have a rematch of the yeah. Eastern Conference final last year between yeah. the Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning. So that should be, if it gets to that point, uh, an entertaining series to watch if it, if it gets there. So certainly a lot of excitement going on right now. And a lot of excitement. Apparently for you, Sean, a lot of gloating for the fact that the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs have, have lost for whatever reason. Uh, you do realize your team is is playing with a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Final again, and your focus is on the Toronto. Maple oh, Leafs. I wouldn't say my focus is there, Christian. It's just a little side and a little tidbit, a little fun jab against the, the, an Islanders' recent you know rival. A lot of fans, you know, you know this. Don't don't play ignorance here. I'm not. You know that the Islander fan. There's some animosity between you know the fan bases and stuff like that. So I'm having a little fun with it, buddy. I'm not. I'm not. It's just. It, it is over a. You know what? It is what it is, and uh, certainly, certainly, people are getting some joy out of Montreal winning. So that that I'm sure plays into. And it there's as well. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's sports, baby. That's what it's all about: the joy, the fun, yeah. the ribbing, right? So you know, even if you don't want to partake, you know, we can do it on the show here a little bit. I'll t- I'll take that. That's fine. So now with that out of the way, Christian, was there anything else you wanted to uh, cover? Anybody else in the team? Anything else you think we're good here? No, no. I thought we were going to talk about the Maple Leafs for another 20 minutes. Oh, that's cute. That's adorable. No, we're done with the Leafs. Just wanted to get... Hey, look, we do a little around the league here sometimes, and that's that's big news around the league, man. <laughs> it wasn't around the league. It's around the league. <laughs> around the league. There's nothing around the league about that. Yeah, around the league. Very, very specifically around that part of the yeah, league. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's I fine. I get it. All right, so you know what? Before we before we head out, I want to remind everybody that we have some pretty rad T-shirts and hats for sale over at HockeyNightNY.com. Yes. Will you be bringing any to RJ Daniels tomorrow? Yes, yes. Wow. We'll have them on hand, so you can either purchase them online at HockeyNightNY.com, and you can use promo code HNINY10 for 10% off your order. Or if you're coming down tomorrow, we will have the hats and the shirts 
on hand so you can rock the brand. Exactly. How about that? Yeah. Right, this hat right here. And uh, you guys, I'm sure, by now have seen the other shirts, the Wally shirt yeah. and the Retro 94 shirt, NHL yeah. 94 inspired shirt. So, uh, yeah, that stuff's going on. And I think with that out of the way, boom. Oh, I don't have them volume <laughs> up. What a failure. That's awful. Now well, folks. Too loud. Well, folks, I want to send a big thanks out to Islander Radio Play-By-Play voice yes. Chris King for joining us with a fantastic spot. And, of course, a huge thanks to our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagel, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, and great people. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service and a huge thanks to Manscaped. Remember, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code HockeyNightNY at Manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Yes. Promo code HockeyNightNY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And of course, a big thanks for you for joining us here at twitch.tv slash HockeyNightNY. And of course, on your favorite podcast platforms christian great to have you back in the saddle oh, thank here you. yeah yeah tony it was nice to have tony last week it's great to have you back this week and hey if you it's enjoy nice the to show be back <laughs> nice to hear rate review and subscribe at your favorite podcast providers tell your friends spread the word follow christian on twitter at c underscore arnold zero one follow myself at shawnee hockey follow the show at hockey night ny on twitter facebook and instagram and please join us tomorrow at RJ Daniels in Rockville Center on Sunrise Highway. Going to be a great time. And, of course, we will be back next week to talk about what else happens in this tight Isles Bruins series. So, yeah. for Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Thank you so much. What is your name? I think I said Sean Cuthbert. Sean Cuthbert. And thanks for the happy birthday wishes, guys. Really Sean appreciate Cuthbert. it. It's Sean Cuthbert. Sean happy Cuthbert. Birthday. Happy Thank you, birthday. guys. Happy birthday. Have yourselves a great night. Yep. We will see you next week. Bye.